Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big. Learn what is possible for you. Get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now. I hope we're ready. Get big out loud. My friend and colleague joining me here today. This is a very important show today. So let me tell you a little bit about Carrie. Uh, Carrie Knudsen. So here's what I want to say. This is somebody that is a professional speaker, works in the school system, school counselor, storyteller, mother. I know she's a mother, met her daughter. I don't know if she's got more children than that, but did, I, I know that. Um, closeted rap artist like Benny who? Who? <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. But there's one thing I want to tell you about her. She's an expert. She's an expert in the field of emotional intelligence. It's known as EQ, but it also has to do with human development. And what you're hearing today is what it means to get big out loud. You know, how to live, you know, the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life today. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of what it means to optimize your emotions in extraordinary times? Now, that's the key for all of us today. You know, what is it about feelings that some grow up with, don't feel anything, suck it up? Other people grow up fully embracing their feelings. But does anybody talk about optimizing your emotions and what it means? And how do you do it in extraordinary times and ordinary times? That's what today's about. Carrie, it's great to have you. Thanks, Dr. Pat. Thanks for the intro. And I'm so excited to talk with you today because I do feel like all of us in America, basically, and also around the world are taking a collective breath as we try to deal with all the emotions that are coming up for us after such a big week. And I'm really excited to talk about emotions and feelings, even though I know some people are like, oh, no feelings, you know, that like you said, some of us like forget about it, resist them, put them away. I don't have time for that. And um, I really like to create some space today to talk about them in a way that's meaningful. Whether you're in the camp of I don't talk about my feelings, or you're in the camp of I process every feeling I've ever had. And, you know, I'm so glad we're talking about this today. I don't know if we like, did we plan this for, to talk about today or not? No, I think, well, we kind of had it in our idea bucket. Uh, but I thought it'd be perfect for today after the week we've had. Well, and it's really important to talk about because feelings, especially when we're dealing about things in our lives that affect us directly, and those are multiple layered things. Let's talk about that for a moment. You know, let's talk about the things in our lives, right? Uh, on a personal level, how often have you felt that you got a bad rap? I mean, look, I was arrested at 19 for something I didn't mean to do. The question was, did I do it? Now, clearly, when your long, hinged, suede, hippie jacket gets caught around a policeman's 
gun because you're trying to get him stop searching your car. There's a part that I played in it. But the fact that it got caught around his gun and as he pushed me away, what do you think happened, right? So I wish I could say that I didn't have a part in that, but I did. But that could have really gone down bad. How often do we feel life is not treating us fairly and that our feelings literally drive us to the point of resentment, anger, and literally breakdowns? Yeah, well, emotions play a huge role in our lives. And it's important to stop and think about that because regardless of what we think about um, emotions, they they exist. And certain events in our lives really amp up the either denial or acceptance of them or just the amount of feelings that we have at any given time. And think about now in people's lives, like not only are you just trying to deal with your personal life and get through your daily life, but then there's these big national things we're trying to understand. Like when you think about the pandemic and that's a fact on all of our lives. When you think about the ongoing national conversation on racism, when you think about the recent election and the results of that, and also the wildfires that are going on, like um, um, environmental trauma. So we have these big emotional things to talk about as well as our own personal things that affect us and events in our lives. And the idea of like, that you cannot, you cannot experience life without experiencing emotions. But a lot of us are in the camp where it's been uncomfortable to feel our emotions. We have been taught to push them aside. Some of us grew up in families where like, you don't get to have an emotion. You don't get to, or something happens to you and then you don't process the emotion. So then it comes up later and you're like, why am I feeling this way now? So that's called displacement. So a lot of things can go on with emotions. And that's why I'm really passionate about how we can talk about emotional intelligence as a way to talk about effectively processing our emotions. But what I find is that a lot of people don't even know what emotional intelligence is. Um, It's a term that we throw around very casually. Like we're all just supposed to know what it is. Like EQ, or did you read a book or read an article? But when I ask people what it is, they're silence. And some people are like, well, am I good with my feelings? It doesn't mean that I cry sometimes. Um, And then other people get hooked up with a kind of idea that EQ... It actually stands for emotional intelligence. Why do we call it EQ for emotional quotient? Well, that people wanted to compare it to IQ, EQ to have a way to compare it. So we got to get over. You can say EI, you can say EQ. Two things can be true at once. (laughs) So, so I think all of that, and really what I want to first address is a little bit emotional intelligence has been defined as the ability to perceive, control, evaluate, and manage your emotions. And that's a really tall order. (laughs) Like the idea of perceiving now is not a good time to cry, but then you can't control that you cry, right? Or being late for something and you're evaluating maybe all the red lights are out to get you. You're like, you're late and then another red light. And of course this thing happened. And of course you got cut off and you can't manage your feelings in that moment. And I think it's a really tall order that we cannot expect to take a test on AQ and arrive and be like, oh, I've took a test. I'm arrived. I'm there. And it's also, some people think they don't have any at all. which is sad because we're all born with it. And I also think, so that's a, that's the first complicated piece. And then the next complicated piece is that the idea of controlling your emotions to me is ridiculous. I think that we have to change the, the definition of EQ to talk about expressing our emotions and optimizing them. Because really, how many, I mean, have you ever been, Dr. Pat, like, when you think about controlling your emotions? Yeah. Like, 
I mean, and we now know what that means to us. I mean, not everybody does, but most people now know there's a direct connection between that. So the question that I was asked a long time ago by a really smart naturopath was, where do you think your emotions go, Pat, when you're controlling them? Do they get, I said, I don't know, I give up. And she said, they go nowhere. They're in your body. (laughs) But, you know, you made a really good point. And I want to make sure people understand when we say emotional intelligence, people think, wow, wait a minute. Is that like IQ? And it's really not. Um, it's, It's so much more important to how we navigate the waters of life, isn't it? Oh, yes. And I think IQ to me is something you just got by the way your brain was formed at birth, your neurons and how they all came together. You got it. You get a number that you really have no control over good job. I mean, you can learn things and grow, of course, but your IQ is not going to change markedly over time. And I think when you compare that with EQ, I feel like a lot of people can be smart in their jobs and know how to make the widget or do the thing. But where I see most problems, especially when I do consulting with organizations, no one is calling me because someone can't make the widget or do the job. It's how they do the job. It's how they engage with people. It's how they manage their emotions. It's how they show up and engage in the world that makes work problematic for other people and therefore environments where you have to come in and talk about it. And that's the part to me where I feel like EQ is where we should make the investment in our growth because it is not stagnant and it is it, it grows and shifts and moves depending on how we are. And we don't just arrive at it. Like any given day, I could feel like, very confident about my EQ and my abilities, but it might have to do with how much sleep I got the night before. Mm -hmm. What else is going on in my life, right? How confident I am about something. And on any given day, I could feel really, really in a tough space around my emotions. And that could have to do with feeling judged or feeling overwhelmed. And so day to day, our ability to process our emotions changes depending on so many factors. So I feel like, again, IQ static, you get your score. It's what it is. EQ, room for growth, opportunity, and it's not stagnant and it's changing. And I love that because it means it has potential. You have it in you already and you have potential to learn how to optimize it. And that's why I love talking about it so much. I love when you talk about it. I want to ask you about this because I alluded to it before. And certainly this has been my history. And I've shared a little bit about what the first 17 or 18 or 19 years of my life was like. But needless to say, did I run the gamut on what you're calling displaced emotion? Can you talk about that? Now, for me, my version of it is, yeah, those are the rotten 20 years. And the minute I turned 21, I was just going to numb everything. What is displaced emotion or displaced an emotion? What does that mean? And what have you seen in your experience? And I, you know, Carrie, one of the things I love about this is it's not just we're talking about individuals, but let's talk about individuals. Then we can talk about organizations. And then you can even go broader as to what we're seeing in the world, period. What is your sense of this? What have you learned? So I feel like with displaced emotions, they are the center at why we have a hard time optimizing our emotions. And again, my definition of EQ would be changed to how you optimize your understanding of your own emotions. So optimizing means that they're, they, it's in your best 
kind of influence your sphere of your abilities. You're optimizing whatever comes up when you have displaced emotions. So what happens when you displace this emotion is something happens in that causes an emotion or feeling, and you do not have either time to process that, or you don't want to, you deny it. Maybe you um, diminish it, you judge it, or you're told don't be such a baby. Stop crying, man up. Um, this isn't a big deal. Like other people um, diminish your feelings or you might diminish like, this isn't a big deal. I should just get over this. Everyone else is fine. Why, why can't I? So either externally or internally, we can create some judgment around the feelings that helps us to displace them. Or we're so uncomfortable with the feeling that we just don't want to process it because it makes us uncomfortable. A lot of people feel this way with crying, like the physical manifestation of being sad is sometimes crying and the act of crying is very hard for some people to experience um and they've taught to become scared of it or when they see other people cry they're like oh don't cry don't cry we'll do anything to stop it right so this causes a lot of displaced emotion internally and within our own kind of social structure and think globally we're not really existing in a time where it's like, go ahead, feel what you need to feel. Like, it's like, pull it together, move on. This train has left the station. It's, it's harder for people to talk about feelings. And I've even been mocked in my own profession, being a therapist. Oh, you're going to talk about feelings all day. It must be nice just to talk about feelings and just reduce it to something that's trite instead of something that to me is revolutionary. And the, to go back to the idea of displaced emotion is something happens have an experience, there's an emotion that goes along with that experience. If I choose not to process that and just, it gets displaced, what happens is it does like your, like your friend said, it doesn't go actually anywhere. It shows up in our body sometimes, or I like to think of it as our stockpile of emotions over here. So let's say something happens and you're feeling frustrated and upset and you've had that feeling multiple times and you don't process it. And then one day you trip. And what normally would be, you just trip over something. You're like, damn it, to hell, who left this thing on the floor? And you, it's an overreaction to something that you're just, that almost surprises you, right? Or maybe you're having a lot of sadness that you've again stockpiled in a different, went away and it shows up in your body as a rash or, you know, a panic attack or something like that. Or you are, you have emotions stockpiled up and then you watch, let's say you see a commercial and all of a sudden, you're, it's an emotional commercial and you're crying hysterically at this commercial, but it's really your displaced emotion coming back up to greet you, right? And and it's just, you need a trigger to kind of let that go. It's easier to cry at the commercial than to cry at the thing you're actually sad about, right? It's easier to be angry at something like trite like that. When, but again, I think of it as a stockpile of emotion where it comes out and it's gonna come out at one point or another. So displacement isn't actually a forever prospect. It, it will come up. And like you're saying in your 20s, like, I want to turn 21 and forget about it. I did, did turn I 21 and, and tr attempted to forget about it. But to be honest with you, that was really temporary. And what I realized about that, in order for me to forget about it every day, I had to numb myself every day. And, yep. you know, isn't that sort of the, um, how should I call it? A pathway. That's a pathway that one chooses. I chose that pathway. Uh, years later, I found out, yeah, how's that working for me? Yeah, it's great to be that crazy when you're 21, but geez, come on. At some point, you got to be like, stop dancing on the table. 
Well, you're talking about numbing is so important because that is a very common reaction to displaced emotion. So how do we numb it when it wants to come up? And a lot of people throw themselves into work or activities because as long as they're busy, they don't have to think about their stuff. Or we numb it with food, with activities, with um, alcohol, with other, some other kind of addiction. And it is a way of trying to manage that, right? And you can see that kind of, again, displacement in the emotion happened. I haven't dealt with it. It's probably stockpiled. Now I want to numb myself to feeling it. Or I want to deny that it happened. But you know when something happens that it happens. And you are the keeper of all your secrets. So you know how you felt, especially too, when sometimes people say you shouldn't feel that way, or you're overreacting. We, we still, something inside us that I like to think about our best self is that standing out to be like, you don't know how I feel and I get to feel how I feel, right? Those fighters, I call them you know, your fighting spirit inside of you. It's still there, but sometimes again, it gets just diminished because it gets denied or displaced. And then of course we numb things because we, most of us want to have a life where we could just keep going. Right. And yeah. it's hard to say, take some time to stop yeah. and process what just happened to you or what happened to you 20 years ago, or why you feel triggered whenever this thing happens, or why does anger scare you? Right. Sometimes people get scared of their anger or their sadness or their overwhelm. Any emotion tends, sometimes people are scared stopping to be like, why does it scare you? Or what's your family story about emotion? Like when you grew up, what did you hear about and, and see and understand and experience about expressing emotions, right? So sometimes we have to stop the train for a minute if we wanna make real progress around that. And most of people's pain points comes is like, I've stockpiled so much emotion and displaced it. I'm having problems in areas of my life, can, again, trying to keep it under control. I feel not like myself. I'm having physical complaints as a result of not expressing my emotions. And so it doesn't, like you said, actually ever go away, but sometimes it gets to a point where people realize I have to do something with this. And my goal and why I started public speaking and not just being a therapist is I feel like lots of people could use this information that will not come into a therapist's office because they are the walking while they're doing okay in their lives. And this, but they, there's still things out there that are, lingering that they don't understand, but they might not go to a therapist. And so I said, why don't I take psychology off the couch and bring it to people and start talking and having the conversation around emotional intelligence and hence our feelings so that we can start really to make progress, right? So we can, we don't have to live in pain and suffering. We weren't intended to just survive our lives. And a lot of us act like that's the best we can do. And that's one of the reasons I'm passionate about this. One of the things I want to ask you about, too, is as we look at this, you know, we look at the role it plays. Let's take a moment, if we could, to look at the role emotional intelligence plays. Because uh, until the, the words emotional intelligence came out, you know, we didn't really have a sense that there was anything, Carrie, that we could do, right? Do you know what I mean? It was almost as if I'm going to feel my emotions and so what. Today, you're talking about optimize your emotions let's talk about that because this control your emotions this minimize your emotions this protect your emotions there's other emotions but optimize does that mean that there's an optimum state that people could call into being in the middle of uh, let's just say an election 
whether you're a candidate one or not, or how about COVID-19, or how about your family, or how about the relationship you're in? See, because optimize is so not control. Definitely, definitely. And I love, you were the one that brought that word optimize when we talk about, and I've hinged on that so much because the idea of optimizing your understanding of your own emotion and optimizing in that place for you, because to me, maybe optimizing my emotions on on a certain day might be that I just express them and let myself have a moment of healthy expression, right? And, And that I give myself permission. On another days, optimizing my emotions, what, I might be just getting through the day in one piece so I can get home and do what I need to do and then take some time later to process that. Like optimizing your emotions isn't a race. It isn't you should do it like someone else. It, it's also like how you express yourself. Like when I think about, I compare my husband and myself a lot sometimes, like he does not need to process everything the way that I do right? He comes from a different world where he like, he's like, he's like, stop projecting things on me. Cause I'm like, what are you actually feeling? What do you mean? He goes, I have a couple of emotions, hunger, (laughs) tired, (laughs) overwhelmed. He's like, but you, you you seem to have more of a rainbow color of emotion. He goes, but stop projecting on me because this is how I am. This is my, how I show up in the world. And we had to learn that because I'm, I've got like a hundred names for emotions and he might have three. Right. And so not comparing the way you process is right or wrong compared to somebody else. So optimizing your emotions might be, I need to say, I need to get my needs met in some way and say what I'm really feeling, or I need to tell, set a boundary with someone and say, please stop saying that to me, or, or I get right to my feelings, or it may mean I have to function at work. So I need to find a productive way to express my emotions. That's healthy, knowing that I can't run around being like, ah, the sky is falling, right? How do we find ways to productively express our emotions, right? And so I think for everyone, you have to look at your own self, your own needs, and your own what I call the range that you might have on a spectrum of emotion, how much you need to process or how little. And again, sometimes we come from families or demographic groups where like one of my friends in the Midwest, he's like, we don't cry. He's like, I'm from the Midwest. We don't cry in the Midwest. He's like, our feelings are good, bad, and forget about it. And I, I have to laugh sometimes because that's his story that he's told himself about what it, what it means. And East Coasters sometimes thinks life is moving too fast to have feelings. We just move on to the next thing. What do you mean feelings? I'm already on to the next thing. And you know, that's some of my East Coast friends. I've noticed that. And it's sometimes it's a story we've told ourselves about emotions. Sometimes it's how we personally feel, but. I think that a lot of people judge themselves by what they perceive as right or wrong or what other people are doing. Am I too late? Did I miss the boat? And I always say, you can't be late to your own party. Wherever you are in your journey of learning how to process your emotions in a healthy, productive way, for you, that might mean the first step might mean accepting that you have an emotion. It might mean even acknowledging the emotion and naming it for what it is. That might be just the first step. And, but what I like about optimizing your emotions is it goes beyond that into like naming the emotion, experiencing it, validating it, and then expressing it. And to me, that's a great journey to be on. And maybe you're at the first step, no harm, no foul. That could be a huge thing for someone to be like, I'm going to just sit with this feeling and name that I'm (laughs) outraged right now or frustrated, right? Well, and you know, part of this too, I love what you just said. We're going to talk about this when we come back from break. You know, part of what you just said 
is naming it. Right? I mean, like, let's just talk about naming it for a minute. Yeah. How often do, unless you, unless everybody, unless you're listening to this right now and you haven't done this, this is something Linda and I talked about the other day. Like, just naming it just naming the thing you know somebody asked me oh my god how to be 10 years ago uh i've been doing this for that long but they asked me you know this was in the middle of the whole human potential thing. i don't even know where emotional intelligence was 10 years ago maybe not a thing yet right it was kind of a thing it was starting out it, it was actually, starting out yeah and it got daniel goldman really like helped build it yeah. up in the 80s. that's it yeah so they said to me this was the question i want to talk about this when we come back they said, Pat, you've interviewed thousands of people. And at that point I had, and actually next year a celebration, it'll be my 10,000 interview. And they said, oh, wait a minute. We need to know from you, what is it you've heard that you could pinpoint as the most powerful, they didn't use the word intervention, but I don't remember it, tool that you've ever experienced. What is the most powerful tool? I didn't even blink and I knew the answer. And I want to tell you what that is when we come back. But before we go, oh, my God. Carrie, it's so unfair. Life is so unfair. I don't really understand why it's unfair. I mean, my God, I've been fired from every job I have. I mean, why did my parents throw me out? Why did, my, why, why did I come home and find all my stuff on the front yard, right? And my car was like, where was my car? My dad said, it's not your car. I gave you the car. So how am I, what am I supposed to do with all the crap on the lawn now? Where, where do you want me to go? Oh my God, what a dick I've been dealt. That's horrible. And by the way, how dare my mother for committing suicide? Jeez, if you could have just hung on. And by the way, let's talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Seriously? That's oh. Let's take a break. When we come back. I just named a few things that might be going on in everybody's mind. But where do they go? Did I get a bad rap? Now, I got to tell you, I just said that, folks, but I'll tell you, I've changed my story because I've been schooled by every host I've ever had on here, including Carrie. We're going to take a short break. Before we do, how do people find out about you? How do they work with you? How do they get your knowledge and expertise to help them navigate? Sure. They come to KnutsonSpeaks.com. It's K-N-U-T-S-O-N Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And on that site, there's information about my presentations, both virtual and live, because everything's virtual now, and my coaching <laughs> packages um, and what I'm offering um, right now. And I'm excited because in January, I'm going to have a new website that offers courses, and I'm going to be starting a membership as well for people who want to connect monthly and dive deep into these topics. So I'll be putting out a lot of information on that. But KnutsonSpeaks.com is the place to find me on Instagram, Facebook, or on the web. And by the way, we're also going to be doing something like that on the Transformation Network. And Carrie Knutson is going to be one of our featured experts as she is now. Why? Oh. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. 
Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Are you one of the many women in the world who've carried the burdens of work and family with the added circumstance of the pandemic? You are not alone. Join Mary Rose Campbell with five other powerful women on Saturday, December 5th, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for the International Conference on Resilience for Women, as they share what they've learned to create power for themselves under any circumstance. Get your tickets now at resilientwomensconference.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. For more information about Stacy and her services, visit StacyBarber.com. That's Stacy, S-T-A-C-I-E, Barber.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit burnbrighttoday.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Before we, I'm going to turn this whole thing over to Carrie Knudsen, who is my very featured co-host today, host of a fabulous show. Look, we're talking about emotional intelligence. And and here's the thing I want to say to everybody. If you are finding it really difficult to manage your day, to manage an hour of your day, to manage a minute of your day, and maybe something under the surface is gnawing at you. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, are the Seahawks going to get a defense? Or maybe it's something deeper. Maybe it's how many masks can I buy? Or maybe you go to Costco and you're walking around Costco 
and you're just watching these kids without masks and you're taking on everybody else's stuff. Carrie is the one. This is where you're gonna get help immediately because we don't know what we don't know about emotions unless we are she. All right, tell us one more time and then I'm turning this over to you, but then I'll share like that question, I'll answer that one because I, I, I often forget to answer my own questions. But go ahead, Carrie, how do we do it? So the, the, the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because exactly what you're saying, we might have be different dealing with different levels of emotions and some might be normal things we experience all the time in our quote unquote normal lives, like frustrations over communication or um, disappointments around certain things. But now because of COVID exasperating some things, we might even be dealing with emotions that we're not used to dealing with. Most of us, in fact, are dealing with emotions that we're not used to having, and they may be strong or overwhelming or or feel really sad or just like disappointment at a new level. But so take your normal range of emotions for your daily normal life that you live, add the pandemic on top of that and the emotions that you're having, and then add on top of that the election and your response to whatever that may be to that. And then add on top of that natural, like global warming and fires and things like that. Like you could just add anything and then like pretend, not pretend, imagine you have someone who's sick, right? Imagine you've lost your job. Imagine other things. So that to me, like all of this has elevated so much the need to talk about how we are experiencing our emotions and then how we are processing them. Because I feel like the denial and displacement um, aspect of it is not going to serve us and doing the hard work now of sitting with the emotions and giving some time and space to them is going to be vital if we want to be healthy moving forward. And this is not something that most people are like, I can't wait to sit with my emotions. And again, a lot of people mock me as a therapist, be like, what are you going to sing? Like feelings, nothing more than feelings. Like it's nothing. It's a feeling, right? Like the diminishment of the idea that this is important always shocks me because I feel like you can see it play out in people's lives again and again and again in how they cannot show up the way they want to be, how they cannot feel proud or good about themselves because there's something gnawing on them. How can they not be productive during the day because they're so, their mind's in another place. I think it keeps us small. It, it diminishes our ability to show up the way we want to show up, to repair relationships, to communicate the way we want to, and to fully express ourselves in this life. And that's the idea of instead of controlling our emotions, can we express them appropriately and healthy? And that means what we consider even what I call the negative or bad emotions, because people like to categorize emotions as good or bad. And I always think about how that hurts us in the end because you would consider like love, happiness, joy to be good, anger, overwhelm, sadness, bad. Most people would say if you had the good and bad categories, you would, you, it was easy to lay them out. Like, I don't want these feelings. I want these feelings. And when we do that, we diminish our opportunity to learn from the supposed negative feelings. So I always say, what if we looked at feelings like they just are, they're not good. They're not bad. And I, I often compare them to colors. We all have preferences for colors, but no color is bad. We don't, we, we use the color in the color palette. Like the, the colors are valuable in all their shades. The same as our feelings. And if you think about this idea about, have you ever been, has ever something in your life happened that's been sad? Probably is an appropriate response to that sadness and uh, frustration, tears, crying, whatever it is, like however you express sadness 
probably because something sad happened. Or when you think about anger, if you've ever been angry, maybe your anger was telling you something. Maybe your anger helped you set a boundary, helped you express and get your needs met, helped you get out of a situation. How about thank you, anger? <laughs> thank you, because the idea of expressing all of your emotions, not just the good, not just the bad, but seeing on them as a continuum, like feelings just are, you can then use your emotions as an internal compass to guide you. What needs to happen next for me? They're telling oh, us something. Yeah. Right? And that's where there's so much power. Yeah. If you can befriend, yeah. acknowledge, and sit with that, and also understand the, that emotions are a guide. They're a helper. They're not something to be like a dirty secret or like pushed right. away. It, it is really a, a kind of a great way that we've developed as humans to be able to have feelings and have them inform us, right? And I think that's what's so powerful. I, I want to just continue with what you're saying. There's so many examples that we could point to, right? I mean, there's a clip from the movie Scully. Remember the captain that landed in the Hudson with the with the oh, with the, the bird. Him? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so when you, of course, it's a movie. I mean, he's written books, but when they played that out, and he made that decision, counter to land over here, land over here, right? There was a reflection of him as a child flying and a similar experience, right? Intuition is in all of us. And I want to get back to something you said. It's in every one of us. Have you ever seen a mom that maybe has just had a car accident and her child is in the back in a... Um, what do you call it? Car seat. Car seat. And the car is really bad. And the mom is really struggling. And the next thing you know, mom somehow kicks out a windshield with her 125-pound frame and somehow undoes her child in the back and somehow massive strength. Now, how does she do that? Does she sit there and logically and linearly think, I'm just going to not feel anything? No. She's like, I have a sense of urgency. I need to get my child. And that's one example. But emotional intelligence guides us, doesn't it? Because it's the guiding system. We don't know what we don't know about. And I got to tell you, what you just talked about, after my little chat that you and I had, and we were talking about Stonewall, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, that brought up so many memories for me. I never talked about Stonewall on air. I never even talked about that event. And when we were talking about it, it was so safe to talk to you about it and your youngster about it, right? Mm -hmm. But it was an event that I blocked out. And people are like, why didn't you, how could you how could you not talk about that? But don't we do that, Carrie? And isn't that something we do not to our betterment? Well, sometimes we do it, though, as self-preservation. Because you. sometimes we have emotions that are so overwhelming in the moment. All we can do, like you're talking about that mom kicking out the door and saying your child, you just respond, right? And in that moment of stonewall for you, the police are coming in, you're just responding. And then it's hard sometimes to say, 
like, oh, I can't wait to process this. Something overwhelming, scary, tragic happened. And we, we protect ourselves actually. So I don't, I don't think again, there's a timeline, like you're so wrong for not processing it in that moment. I think sometimes we protect ourselves from having to do that until we're ready. And I often see people as a therapist who are like, why am I having these feelings now? Like the, all this stuff is coming for me now. They got triggered by something or something happened. And I, what I think personally is that sometimes when we're finally in a place where we feel safe enough to express those emotions and talk about it, then they come up. But sometimes they're tamped down because they protect us. We are not psychologically ready to deal with it. We don't have the support. We can't process that much. And I do think that sometimes it protects us not to process in that moment. But what happens is over the terms of our life, if we if that's our MO for everything, that we don't process our emotions, that's where emotions get stuck, displaced and denied. And like for you talking about Stonewall, an innocent conversation triggered something, right? And then you start like thinking about and telling your story about your experience. And of course, like you might as well just jump back to your 19-year-old self and all those feelings. That's why the body is amazing because sometimes we can feel like we felt years ago um, a song can take us back a phrase a color a smell can elicit emotions in us and a lot of people call those triggers and we tend to think of triggers as bad but sometimes i think of them as beautiful because they help us trigger that thing in us that needs to be processed and maybe now the reason it's coming up is i'm safe i'm old enough to think about it i have support now i'm i have some courage that i didn't have before i've cultivated some distance that allows me to feel safer, whatever, whatever that may be. So I, I don't, I guess, you know, I think that expressing your emotions is important, but I don't deny that sometimes you're just acting out of sheer necessity to make something happen. And the emotions are secondary to that, but we always have to let them catch up at some point in our lives. They will catch up. I want to ask you about this when we come back from break. Um, I want to ask you about the opportunity to optimize. I want to talk about the opportunity to optimize and why this is such an important part of your platform. The opportunity to optimize our emotions. Where does it take us? What do we do with it? And by the way, the answer to that question that I was asked about 10 years ago, the most powerful tool to identify and express and have your emotions witnessed is the fourth and fifth step of the 12 step programs. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Did you know that when we talk about the earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out. You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. 
Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got Talk Radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistique Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose 1 to 3 pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistique Medical Center 425-451-0404 or on the web drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, and life lessons. Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce. For more information, go to transformationtalkradio.com or visit Susan's website at susandolce.com. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Okay, I love that, Benny. Welcome back, everybody. I want to welcome you back to, of course, Get Big Out Loud with Carrie. Carrie Knudsen joining me here today. Optimize your emotions in extraordinary times. And yes, Benny, that was one song, but there's another song that has feelings, right? I think the word feel is played in this one song more than any other song ever, ever done. And I don't know, Benny, if you could figure out what that one was i'll give you a hint disco just a little hint disco uh carrie thank you so much i want to make sure people get to your website knutsonspeaks.com k-n-u-t-s-o-n speaks.com facebook.com same thing knutson speaks instagram knutson speaks because she does she is an expert Emotional intelligence expert. Benny, did you figure out what the song was? Uh, not at the, the only thing I can come up with probably was like Grand Funk Railroad, like feeling Donna, all right. Donna Summer. Oh, Donna well, there Summer. you go. Okay. Donna Summer, I feel love. How Count how many times she says that. A lot. Uh, I know, lots. Uh, Carrie, thank you. I, I want to kind of bring us home here because this is one of the most important activities, coaching, anything that you do to help people right now. Um, it is that time. I have never really seen a perfect storm. You know, I got an email from my friend, one of my other acquaintances over the weekend, just saying something like, hey, uh, no, this morning, I'm sorry, this morning. And it was a snapshot of the stock market. And it was like, seriously, do I live by? Th-? No, it's a snapshot of the stock market showing the stock today because of a potential vaccine for COVID. 
And I just thought to myself, wow, I must not be focusing on the right you-know-what. I said, I'm focusing on the rise in the events and what we can do about them, the number of people dying, two of my friends taking care of parents right now that are hospitalized and or may or may not make it. And I'm thinking to myself, is that what it's boiled down to? A stock market? Are we really there? Are we really there? And, and, and what happens if we go back to 2008 and nine? Then what? See, for me, stock market, no stock market. We have an opportunity. Tell us about that. And this is one of the most powerful conversations we can have of our time. Definitely. And you're speaking to the fact of like, looks, what, what are other people's priorities and what are they thinking versus what I'm thinking about and what that makes me feel when I hear about stock market versus people dying and, and like, what do we think about the economy and then bringing up the past, like, see how jumbly it can all get like all of the things like, will this mean what happened in 2008 happen again? And then your emotions from that come up. So there's a lot going on right now. And I want you to speak, if you don't mind about what, you know, when you have a lot going on and you're thinking of all these feelings, you have a tool that you, that you utilize yes, related yes. to the steps. And I don't think everyone is familiar with the steps. So I just, can you explain them, Dr. Yeah. Pat? Yeah. Let me do it really quickly. For those of you out there, if you want to know about the 12 steps of AA, OA, NA, any of the 12 step programs, just Google it. I mean, there's a lot, but I, <clears throat> I made reference to the fourth step. And it's fourth and not first for a lot of reasons. And I made reference to the fifth step. This fourth step is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. That tool, I use that in my coaching practice, whether you're in a 12-step program or not. It is one of the most powerful and difficult things to do. And there's like a worksheet for it. Now, once you do this and you write every fear you have, every person you've harmed, pretty much everything in your life that you have to own and not blame another person. So you can't write, I feel afraid because guess what? My ex took the dog. No, but you write these things down in the way they are about you. And then when you move on, that fifth step is you admit to the God of your understanding to yourself and another human being. Generally, I will just say to all of you, a sponsor, the nature of our wrongs, not the nature of your wrong, but our wrongs, because this right here is about stepping into a place of acceptance. Why is this important? I mean, why is confession in the Catholic Church important? And I'm not comparing them, but what I'm saying is you just put them out there and then breathe. See what I'm saying? See, we walk around most of the time waiting to exhale, don't we? Don't we, Carrie? But yeah, I think the idea of, I love that idea of waiting to exhale, <laughs> like the, the whole idea of like, when can I fully express myself and owning some, some of the thing you're talking about in the steps to like owning your experience without necessarily blame or um, putting things on other people, displacing it again, like your experience is your own and you get to validate that. And oftentimes I think what's hard about being a child is that Everyone tells you what to do, how to feel, where to be, what to dress, where you're going. Like you don't have a lot of choices. And then sometimes as we grow into adulthood, we act like we don't have choices when really we have a lot of freedom. And one of the choices to, to think about is like, who am I outside of my family system, right? How are my experiences or what has, I think, shaped me? Who am I? Who could I choose to be? 
in this moment. Like we have some autonomy that a lot of us don't take advantage of because we're trained just to be, my family always does this and this is how we respond and this is how we think. And as we get older and we have more independence, oftentimes we, again, don't reflect on our own needs and our own role and our own situations like that happened to me, but that not, is not me. And realizing that as part of, like say you grew up in a family where you weren't allowed to express your emotions. That is something that happened in the past. And part of what now as an adult you can do is like, I grew up in a family where this wasn't a thing, but I still had emotions. So what do I need to do now with those emotions? Right? Like if I, if I feel like it's, I always, I always say that like, sometimes this isn't a problem for us. Like we're going about our lives and it's not a problem, but then something will trigger us or something will come up and we realize it is a need and it's always been there. But again, we're in the time of our lives where maybe we have more, uh, I don't know, bandwidth or capability to deal with it. And I think listening to yourself for wherever you are in that moment is so vital so that you can stop judging your emotions as good or bad right? And stop thinking you shouldn't feel the way you feel for blaming yourself for things that happened, uh, for, for not owning your role in them, all the things that keep us stuck, which again, very human. Now, this is very human. We're just doing the best we can with what we have at any given time, right? And if you can be in that moment of self-acceptance first, the idea of like you are perfect the way you are and all the things you've experienced have made you who are you. You don't have to suddenly change everything about yourself in order to, to optimize your emotions. But I do think it starts with like being with yourself, accepting who you are, understanding your experiences that happen to you and then your role in responding and also forgiving all the things that couldn't control. But then taking your emotions by the hand and being like, I see you as a partner and an ally, and I want to optimize how I'm living my life. So I'm going to start optimizing my emotions, how mm -hmm. I express them, how I stay with them, how I feel them and how I process them. Yeah. I think that's, the, that's the powerful piece about, about what I like to leave people yeah. with is that the, there's hope and you yeah. haven't missed your party and wherever you are, that's where you are. And so go from there. Yeah. And that's what I love about today's show, because optimization isn't about bigger, smaller, less than, more than. It is about where you are, just like you just beautifully said, where you are and looking at that moment so that you can optimize your emotions in that moment. And I have to say this, and this is what I want to leave everybody with. I didn't take this journey alone. I have a lot of stuff I had to take care of. And I don't recommend that to anybody. And that's really in honor of you and the work you do with others, because it's a rough journey to take anyway. And it is absolutely a horrific struggle to try to do it alone. Carrie, thank you so much. You have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will help you to know which thoughts are keeping you small in order for you to get big. Get big and live your life out loud. For more information, visit KnutsonSpeaks.com.